Hi guys, you're welcome to the Tech Connect podcast where we talk about all things tech with founders of various startups who are doing amazing work in the tech industry. I'm your host, Adebimpe, and you're welcome to today's episode. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Very um, nice to connect with you. Um, so, you're welcome to the Tech Connect podcast. And my, I, as I said, my name is Adebimpe. Um, so, I just wanted to introduce yourself before we go into the questions. Okay. Okay. Hello, Adebimpe. My name is Titi Adeosi. I'm one of the three female co-founders of Nijakit. And what we, what, what we simply do is bring the fun um, into learning so that learning can be for kids. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what more you want to know. Um, maybe we start there. So you have to, you have to prompt me in terms of what, how, how far wide or how far back um, you want to know. Okay, that's fine. Um, so, um, what inspired you to start Niger Kids? Okay, so what really inspired me, honestly, was my son. Um, so, I, my youngest son, you know, is like a typical digital native. They are always on the one device or the other. So, when he was young, he was around two then. Um, he didn't, he hadn't even started learning how to read, but he just had this, you know, canny knack, which a lot of children have to be able to navigate um, any device, looking for the game on your device or looking for something to play on your device. Yeah. So I didn't think he was such a smart genius. Ah, I said, ah, God has blessed me. <laughs> God has blessed me one smart ass guy, you know? Um, and then he started school, and that genius that we were seeing back then, we weren't seeing anymore. Uh, you just found him more of a reluctant learner. So when it's time to read or revise, you know, what story, story. Oh, mommy, I want to go to the restroom. Oh, mommy, I'm hungry. Oh, mommy, I'm sleepy. You know, um, he just just wasn't as interested as a, as an engaged as an engaged. So of course. Well, the moment he says, oh, you know, give him a device or an iPad or something, then you see a new person come, come to life again. So initially it was a battle, you know, you know, snatching the iPad up and down the place. Yeah. And then later on, I just, I just realized, you know, came across one um, quote that if children don't learn the way you teach them, then maybe you should teach them the way they learn. So I know, okay, so it seems as if it's anything on a device that gets his attention, that makes him engage. And that's how now they're creating content for him that will keep him engaged uh, on the device. Uh, and as we found that there are more parents like us, we then came together and said, maybe this is something that we should do for other parents that are going through the same, the, the same thing. So what we basically do is that we take any topic um, and then just you know create digital content out of it, create into a, a gamified puzzle, um, that they are, you know, earning coins, you know, just how the typical game is. And you mm-hmm. find a completely more engaged child. So I found one of my son is not the one that comes up with ideas and say, oh, mommy, uh, we learned this in school. Have you done a game on it yet? Um, you know, when you say go and revise your book, he says, instead, can I play Ninja Kids game instead? Because it just, he found it to be an easier way to learn. And he still found that the objective of helping him with his studies and helping him with his grades were achieved. So that's really how we started. 
And then as we pushed it out to the market, we then start adding other things um, to what it is that we do currently. So that's really what got us started in it. Um, and, and I think another thing is the fact that we're also passionate about um, you know, the African context. So you find that if you go look for um, resources, especially the foreign ones, a lot of the background and the context to um, those resources are always, you know, of course, foreign. Um, and so we also aim to bring back, you know, the African context. So if, I, if I'm going to give an example, it's going to be an example that a, a child that grew up in Africa, an African child will understand and appreciate. Um, so that's really what it is. When you look at the characters, the characters are very much like their own characters that they, they would appreciate. And so that's another thing. We also want to showcase, we also want to showcase Africa as we, you know, create our digital content. So they are, they are proud to be, they are proud to be African. They don't look at African as being backwards. They just know that, you know, this is who we are. This is our heritage. So that's also something we are very passionate about and we bring it to life in whatever digital content that we develop. Thank you very much for sharing. Um, that, that was a really good one. And how has the journey been so far since it started? Uh, honestly, it was tough in the beginning. <laughs> it was really tough. I'll be very honest. Um, so when we, when we first started, when you find out that then there was school, so everybody just felt you know, anything digital content was good to have. A lot of people felt that ah, digital content is a distraction. Um, you know, it's just like telling your child, don't watch TV to learn. Ah, it's like our parents in those days. What do you mean, watch TV to learn? How, how are they learning from TV? No, you know, and that's, that's yeah. really what's the mindset of people. They're like, oh no, the child, you know, they want to do school. They want to do lesson. They want to do serious work. What do you mean you want them to come and play on a device? And then you also want them to play games, learn through games. So it was something that uh, a lot of parents were not ready for. Even as we went and took it to school, schools too, you know, they were comfortable with all the physical resources, the teacher in front of the classroom teaching and then giving hard copy homeworks and in textbooks. So it took, you know, a bit of convincing. It's um, just a few schools that free free you know free apps free apps to learn so we are know it's education why should we be paying for it we exactly you want it to be free i'm like oh my goodness um so there was that initial um push in the beginning it was really it was really very tough um just going doing the you know doing the sales circle when you want to sell to schools it was a very long process um you know you had to learn that they won't buy things I said at the beginning of the academic year, they will have to run it by parents first. They want parents to pay for it. It was just a long, um, you know, it was a long cycle. It was, it was just a long cycle. It was only schools that were, that were very young, very small, and had already had, um, uh, you know, the intention that they were going to use technology. So it was really tough. Even with parents, convincing parents, you know, was also tough because parents also felt that playing on devices was on serious business. It wasn't, you know, they want their child to go and read and study their book. They want yeah. a private tutor. Uh, so they didn't look, technology wasn't looked in the line of learning and education. So it was, it was really um, tough in the beginning. Uh, you know, make, making ends meet was tough. 
so one of the things that towards the end of 2019 that we started doing was to say, okay, you know what? Just based on where we come from, who are the people that were the first test people to buy, sell? So it was really parents. But what was interesting was parents that have much younger children. So when we started, our target was primary school. Um, so someone that is in primary one, which typically is age five and six. So that's, that was our initial target. We wanted to target primary school. Um, but you found out that those primary school parents were not as interested uh, compared to those that were in kindergarten. So that's in what we call nursery school. So the people that were more interested and ready to give their children um, devices to learn were the people that had kids three to five. So we had then at that time changed our content to focus more on, on, on them. Um, so that's really what we did. And then we also found that a number of corporates were increasingly interested in those contents. So we started targeting them. And so that's really how we ended you know, 2019. And then we woke up to 2020. So we woke up to 2020 before we went you know, much into the year, you know, COVID happened. Yeah. What was so interesting is that I tell people that at the beginning of the year, I was praying to God. I was praying. I said, God, for a breakthrough. I'm telling you, bring a breakthrough, bring a government policy that would just make you know this ed tech a more conducive environment. At least we go hungry, at least we go <laughs> You know, and that's that's what 2020 saw us starting the year with. Um in terms of really praying and saying we needed a breakthrough, we needed some magic wand, um, you know, to just shake and let things change to make technology a more enabling environment. Because even when we go and speak to government, government don't they don't have the resources to even administer online. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of public schools don't have have devices the teacher doesn't have those stuff of the students having so you know the real people that had by the private schools the ones that had the devices or the ones that were going to get devices people who say that why not sell devices but you know uh when people ready to buy devices um the devices have different brands like buying a phone there's feature phone that's at the bottom which is what a lot of people want to buy but meanwhile they want you to be able to do what a smartphone will do yeah. so when we even look we said no one this was going to be um because it's inventory is going to be capital intensive it also means that the, you didn't have to start battling with is it android is it apple and what version is it uh you know so we, we said no that wasn't going to work instead what we'll do is the people already sending devices how do we partner with them to say have have our games uh, have our app on your devices as you go and sell to school so that's that's a lot of worries you know, started uh, doing in 2019 and towards the end of 2019, we're looking for various people that sell those devices to partner with them and say, since you're already marketing and selling these devices, why not just have, um, you know, our, our educational content on, on you. So that was how 2019 ended, praying for a breakthrough. <laughs> and then voila, 2020 was a year of what I would just call answered prayers. 2020, you know, I was just praying for a government policy that would make it um, conducive. I didn't know that God was going really to do more than a government policy. And so what happened in 2020, we saw that uh, digital content and online was the only solution um, for a lot of schools in 2020. So yeah. suddenly it was what people said, thinking about, it was what people needed. And so we just saw a major, uh, uh, a major shift 
Um, so a lot of corporates, and I, I think the luck we also had is that because we have been pushing, you know, trying to get our brand out there in the whole of 2019, that's a lot of what we did. Yes. So when people now needed something, they, they quickly looked to who already had it rather than let's start from the scratch. So, they, you know, then we then saw more uh, people come interested in the devices, um, in the in our digital content. Um, just before the pandemic, we also um, now partnered with Google. So Google was had this read along app. And what they had in the read along app was a lot of content. They wanted children to use it to learn to read. But they realized that, you know, as they came to Nigeria and Africa in, in particular, they needed more um, content that was more in line with African content. And so they came and, you know, met us and they were like, yeah, you know, that's what we do. We create digital content um, with, you know, very much um, African context. So we then had a partnership with them, which also helped our brand um, in the beginning of uh, 2020, uh, 2020. And it opened our eyes to another option because when we started, we were focused more on gamified quizzes. Uh, but with the partnership with Google, we then considered writing short stories because that's really, you know, to help children read. And so that opened a new line of business for us. And then we also had a number of corporates come partner with us in 2020 because they also uh, wanted to do give back during this pandemic to people, children that were not learning and they needed content. So, you know, technology is an enabler, but the, the, the devices are empty without the content. So that's when we then saw a lot of people looking for the content. And what also happened in 2020 was that online learning is hard. So when you come and you do online learning or just videos where, you know, someone is standing and teaching, 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 you just lose the children. So they, they realized that they needed online, you know, content that was engaging, that was fun. So that really helped. Uh, and because we had positioned ourselves in the primary, you know, um, for primary school and nursery school, you know, it just meant that we were one of the preferred People, we're not we're not not doing content in uh, in that area, especially for primary school that is local. So we just found us, you know, having a number of partnerships, having a number of uh, people want wanting to do that. Um, what also the pandemic brought about is that we, you know, we weren't even planning for expansion um, in 2019 outside of the country because we're just planning for survival. You know, let's even um, capture the market here. But what 2020 taught businesses was that, you know, there, there are really no restrictions. The restrictions are only in your mind. So we found ourselves, you know, expanding outside outside of the country. People are interested um, in our digital content. You know, people wanted to teach their children and wanted them to uh, play games that had to do with, you know, Nigeria or with Africa. So we just found those opportunities um, op opening up um, for us in 2020. So, to us, 2020 was our best year. 2020 was a year that I was I was not constantly looking into the bank, our bank statement saying, well, do, do, "Do we have enough to pay salaries this month?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it was a year of an overflow. It was a year of excess. You know, we worked nonstop in 2020. The team worked. We were stressed. We were working remotely. But we were working non-stop. It was in December that we said, you know what, we're just going to shut down the office for three weeks. Everybody go and rest. We're all tired uh, because we had worked literally non-stop um, throughout the year. So even though we were working remotely, and I think the good thing that um, we had is that we already had the, the structure to work remotely. 
Um, so we had worked remotely for one or two things. We had, um, everybody had the laptop. Um, we had ways to report. Um, we used Slack, we used Trello. We had things that allowed us to do meetings uh, already then, even before using Zoom and so many other things. So it was just easy to try. Um, and transition uh, just provide ensure that people had um, money for internet so it was it was just we were just working throughout and then um, we also found that a number of corporates also wanted to convert their training to be more engaging because a lot of trainings now have to happen online and training can be boring if you just want to talk to people just you talking for two hours without exercises and engagement so that also opened another line um, of business for us. So it was just honestly, in every way it could be um, the best year for us. So instead of, you know, letting people go, we were added, by the time we were ending the year 2020, we had to expand our team. Uh, we even were able to increase salaries. Can you imagine? So it was a wonderful year. I, I think for us, it was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was our year. You know how it is to start the and by the time we ended the year uh, 2020, we already had work tied up for the first quarter of, of 2021. So it was just, you know, just fantastic in, in various uh, ways. Um, it also that allowed us a lot of collaboration. So we had people that also um, had content that they just needed to bring across to people in a digital format. So during the COVID, we partnered with them Safety Chick and we developed a safety game. Um, so that you know as children were going back to school it was a game for them to learn more about keeping safe during the you know as they return to school what they needed to do why they needed to do it so there's just also a lot of collaborations for us that happened um in, in 2020 2020 to be honest with just our year and so um as we entered 2021 we were clearer on the market we were clearer on the opportunities we were clearer on um, what we needed with regards to the team, how to, what we also needed to do to build capacity with regards to the team. We were also clear in terms of how to expand um, outside, you know, of Nigeria currently and the route to do that. Um, we're also clear on what we need to do to bring our brand to, you know, to the forefront. So it was, just, you know, it was just a good year. So coming from, you know, Tough where you are, where you are doing the grind in 2018 and 2019. 2020 was the year of edtech. That's what I would say. Hello, Yes, yes. I, um, so, like I said, very, very interesting to know. I mean, lots of. I feel like a lot of people in the tech world would be able to relate to 2020 being their year of. Because I mean, literally everybody had to do things online, and you. There's no way you not. If you did not like tech before 2020, you had to just like it. That was just the truth. Yeah. yeah, but I think what also, you know, I learned from 2020 is that is the opportunities really only knock when you're prepared. Um, so Very sometimes true. when you start, you know, it, it, it's easy for people. I'm sure not everybody would have had the same story that, you know, I'm telling. Um, the difference, like I said, is that we had already, we had the content. We had tested it. We, we spent a lot of 2019. We did a lot of demos in so many schools. I remember during the summer holiday, we did free demos. You know, anybody that was doing summer camp, um, we we gave out one hour slots where we we'll come to your school with our devices. 
can play our games. So, you, you understand? So, we have done all this, the work, so to speak. We were back um, at the end. <laughs> we were at the end. So, if, even when people are looking for us, looking, you know, when you do a search, uh, it's because you are, you are already there. So that's one of the lessons I took away from 2020 is that opportunities really come to be prepared. Um, and, um, you know, you, if you look at the weather, you will never start. So if, <laughs> if I looked at, you know, 20, if I just said 2019, let's just call it the total, you know, people are not ready because really people are not ready for digital content as at the end of 2020. It was a, a slow process. So if I just said, you know what, looking at the weather, just knew that this this is the way to go. This is what people need. Um, your child has it, it. It creates a lot of efficiencies in the process. So, like me before, for my first child, I used to download a lot of worksheets, print it out, give it to him, mark it. I used to hate the process of marking it. Oh gosh, when he really has done the work and say, "Mommy has finished," I'm not bringing it. Especially the ones that you don't know the answers of. You know, so it's one of the things that technology will be able to help. Because if you're playing an interactive game, when you put in the answer, it will tell you whether it's correct or not. It will tell you the right answer. So all that process of marking was gone. And the fact that my son can do it for hours without complaining. Uh, me yeah, complaining and me chasing him was just was just a way to go. Um, it was just another way of doing another alternative. So we can be online, watch YouTube youtube videos for him to learn and then when we are doing another thing okay let's do activities and apart from you know um academics our games are not just academics because i believe in the total development of the child so we had things on values teaching about integrity you know responsibility goal setting time management we had things on life skills like financial literacy how to earn money how to save how to be an entrepreneur uh, we had things on you know on my faith so we had things that had to do with the bible um so when your child is finished his Bible study, you can just say, you know what, let's play a game on it because it's a way for you to rehearse and for me to confirm um, what it is that you, you, you're learning. So we had a lot of all these things, um, you know, just there. And we had also gone, we had also roamed the streets, so to speak. <laughs> we had roamed the streets looking for husbands, you know, roamed, you know, and, and already tried a number of things so we already knew what what worked what where, where, if you're balancing uh, scarce resources that most startups have what 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 where, where you got the most impact and made uh, the most inroads so we had we had done a lot of that at you know under our belt so entering 2020 just meant that we are we are more po poised to succeed um from our learnings in the the past two years so it's easy to say but all of us like i said you know when you are prepared the opportunities just come knocking even faster yes um thank you very much then um so um so far i mean doing business in nigeria is not is not a it's not an easy thing we all know that so what's the challenge what, what, what are the major challenges faced for operating in nigeria since it started Okay, so I will start with the one that is very edtech specific, and I'll then go general. So edtech specific, one is internet. 
Yes. You know, most people. So when we first started, internet is expensive relatively for most people. Um, so a lot of people want things that don't talk too much data. So even when we started, we had to go back and try and make, make our games lighter, not take a lot of data. We had to also look at exploring offline versions of it where people can download and after that they can play it offline. Um, so that was the first one. Then the issue was also devices. So people had all sorts of devices. Some people, people have the basic China device that is 25k that uh, they want to play uh, how will i say they want to use a AA battery to power a house you know that kind of thing so they will have oh, the game is not working again gets stuff the game is slow so just affordability of device is a major thing even light is a major thing um, i'm sorry for a lot of people that did you know remote working online they find that light is a major factor when it comes to um, EdTech. So if you find that people are constantly looking for how to bundle all those three together when they are coming up with their EdTech solutions. How do I bundle you know, um, them not using data? So you have some EdTechs that are, have an SD card to put all the information on so that people have data. You will find some that the device itself is solar panel or it comes with a small power bank. All these things are just ways to, you know, um, solve some of those pro problems that some countries don't have any of these three. But a general issue in Africa, that's that's the honest truth, light, affordability of device and internet. Um, and then, of course, also power. You know, power is also an issue. So th those are the broad issues, um, you know, that's specific to, to EdTech. Um, the, the other thing, as you then come and say, doing business in, in Nigeria is one, um, you know, getting the talent that you want, that's so tough. You know, oh, people really? want you. Yeah, so getting the talent you want um, is, is tough. Everybody will tell you that they know how to code. Everybody will tell you they know how to do this. And then when you when you come and, you know, interview them, you just, just finished learning coding school or they've just started or they've not worked in a structured um, environment so they don't know how to do things in a structured, structured manner. Um, so it was a challenge. And then the people that are, you know, you know, good and have learned now want to charge you a premium, which you as a startup, you really don't have. So one of the wise ways we did things was, we then said, you know, when we first started, you know what, we, we can't afford, the, you know, beyond us, the key founders, we can't afford big, big budget staff. So we did two things. One of the first things that we did was we said, you know what, why not let's get started with coppers? Uh, coppers are going to spend one year with you for their service. So we spent the first three months, doing that the first three months they are learning. You know, copper already are collecting alawi, so it means that the extra money you pay them, you know, they will consider it as extra. And mm. they don't pay so. as... <laughs> And you know, you know, you know, the problem is that uh, there's more supply than demand. True. So um, it was, it was a good, and then, and then the fact that we're on, you know, our office is on the mainland means that a lot of people that didn't want to go work on the island, island. you know, wanted to work on. So we found people and then we spent the first three months, you know, knowing that um, we're training them. And then the next nine months, you know, that we're getting value, you know, from them. Even now, we still use a lot of interns, you know, interns. And Lagos State is doing one program where you can, you know, go and get interns and it's Lagos State that is paying for them. So that was one of the ways to just manage the cost of the resource. Another thing we then did to manage that talent is also, you know, you get people to do PP for you, knowing that because person has a main job, 
uh, you know, the person doesn't mind doing PP for you, which meant that you could get um, a quality resource at a more affordable rate. Like if you and I are doing PP, you know, we charge you uh, not the same same amount that our office will charge. So we had some of those creative ways of doing, of, of you know, of using talent, uh, because you needed the people to develop the content. Um, we also needed, we also looked at teachers that by already they had full time employment, but they were ready to do some um, ready to do some PP to help in terms of developing the content. So you, you aren't having to pay them as full-time staff. So that, that was really the first thing. And then it was just a slow process trying to get them to the quality that you want. Because, you know, we we, we, we said that we are, we are a global company. So from the start is that anything that we do is has to meet global standards. It's not that, oh, this thing was done by Nigeria. So it's made in Nigeria. So you just expect that standard. So just bringing people to be that level of detailed and that quality um, conscious not wanting to do a rush job yeah, it took some time so that's that's uh that's one of that's one of the <laughs> that was one of the first first challenges that we you know we, we found i think another challenge is just the way the market perceives things that are nigerian you find that the nigerian has this um condescending attitude to things that are made in nigeria um they all prefer the foreign so just trying to build your reputation as um, someone that provides quality content that is global was also that, that was also tough trying to convince them. I'm trying to just also, yeah, I'm trying to just convince them that um, you need to teach your child in a local context. So it means that when I'm teaching my child, ideally when I'm teaching them a. Uh, for a child that has never seen apple you know apple is now common when i was growing up apple wasn't common you need to do a for something else that way they learn and understand things you know, quicker and faster so that that was one of the you know <laughs> that was one of the challenges um and then managing your operating costs in the beginning where you're still you know a startup and, and, and bootstrapping luckily i had uh I have a, a bit of a finance background, so I'm, I'm the person keeping an eye on the figures, keeping an eye on the money, and showing that we make every single resource um, um, chart, uh, stretch. And then I was also conscious of ensuring that we adhere to all government policies in terms of our taxes, you know, making sure you're remitting your pay for your staff, um, you know, VAT, all those other things that then you, you, if you're not careful, you won't be. You won't be planning for the one day government just says you owe them this amount to vote. You're like taking about say ah, you know, <laughs> and, and those things you find that they all add up. Honestly, the amount of um, <laughs> the amount of um, money from various people all adds up. Everybody wants you to take a pound of your flesh even before you, you settle down and, and eating your own share of flesh. Um, but it's something that you just, you know, you, you just had to, just had to plan for upfront. Um, so you let people know that the salaries might not be great at the beginning, but learning will be a wonderful learning experience. Um, you also try and put in all the structures to make sure that your, your company is one that people leave and they leave knowing that yes, um, I left my mark and they in turn was a wonderful place for me. Thank you very much. I mean, doing business in Nigeria is not easy and I'm very sure like other startup founders would agree to things you've said. There are so many challenges of doing business in Nigeria. Oh, Sometimes yeah, yeah. You, you just wish you were even outside the country, safe. I 
mean, look at one, a simple one, light. So when we first started, one of the things that I mentioned that we did up front was we got an inverter. So what that meant is because, you know, light, you need light. So exactly. you have an inverter. Uh, we had fans so that when... Do, do, so instead of running your generator eight, ten hours, you know that you have your inverter to give you. Actually, if the it's cool of the morning or cool in the evening, you know that you had your inverter with, with fans that kept people cool. Because if you start incurring all those costs from the beginning, you just find yourself being strangled um, by by cost. I also ensured my my you know, the staff are energy energy conscious and that was even before NEPA increased them <laughs> before NEPA increased their rate you know whereby when the people are not in a particular place make sure the ACs are off make sure the lights are off so just all those things are helping um, being being very cautious I'm sure there is one that oh my goodness these people can be cautious about everything but it helps you know it helps where you can keep an eye on your bills you know uh, in the beginning where you are still bootstrapping it really helps <laughs> it really helps <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much for sharing that with us and um so can you tell us can you share with us that moment you became very proud of your work or something you describe as the highlights of your work so far um honestly the the i think for me the proud moment is every time you you know we, we did a lot of go to schools, go and do demos. Every time you see the children excited, um, you know, about learning something that they, they didn't know that it could be so much fun. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't want I don't want you to go. They were like, let's do, let's do more. Those things just make it all worthwhile to say my, my child really wants to learn. And when anytime someone gives you that feedback to say, you know, they just, my son just loves playing playing your game. Uh, you just, just, you just enjoy. It. You know, you know, you know that you achieved your purpose. That they, they are learning. I, I think the the one that just really, um, you know, can I say was really one of the highlights. Is we have a public school um, just next door to our office, and one of the things that we said earlier on was we're going to do give back. So once a uh, once a week for like an hour, we just carry our devices, go to that public school, and you know um, get them to play the games for an hour. And then one day, the the you know the feedback that the principal gave was just the one that just you know made it for me. She says that on the days that we come, attendance is high, you know, because that's the day, the day of playing game, you know. So the attendance is high. She says, you know. Sometimes they use it as you know rewards for the kids. They're like, if people don't listen in class today, we'll tell them not to come this week to play the game more. <laughs> and so the children would want to pay attention. And she said the difference is that they want to learn because they want to go back and play the game and beat the beat the game. So it meant that they needed to learn because it's an educational game. So if, if I want to be good in decimals, it meant that I needed to listen in class. So they paid more attention in class. And bottom line was there was improvement in their performance i mean that and these are these are people that have never seen devices before they just took to it we didn't explain anything to them we opened the game up for them and they just knew what to do so this those are things that just you know add joy to us that we are really making a difference you know beyond you know whether you're trying to make money or not you're really achieving what you set out to achieve and i think for me those are my crowning moments 
Thank you very much. And um, lastly, what would you say to someone that wants to go into the same field that you are in? Like, what advice would you give them based on what you've experienced so far? And what's, what do you also wish you knew before you started the business? Um, I said, I'll give them three pieces of advice. First is don't go in alone. My, my major saving grace is that there are three of us. And I tell mm-hmm. people, if you look at all of the great companies, you, you might hear of only one person, but it's never one person. Yeah. Um, something great really is hard to create on your own. So when you look at, you know, Facebook, we only hear of Mark Zuckerberg, but it wasn't only him. It was him and a group of friends. If you look at Jack Ma, it wasn't only him. It was a group of friends. Amazon, just name any company. Uh, you know, Google is never one person. So my first thing is find someone that shares your passion with you, um, that you can go it alone, go in with the person. It's tough to go it alone. Um, the other thing is that three of you will not be discouraged at the same time. Four of you will not be discouraged at the same time. When one person you can share you can share the different areas so one person is focused on the development one person is focused on the marketing one person is focused on the finance one person you know share so the body doesn't feel as much that's my first advice i'll go um the second advice i would advise is don't don't wait to finish building the product before you market i think that was one of my uh, greatest mistake you know it is going to build the product going to have a number of games first before we took it to the market i would say you know, start with the market, you know, go first to the market, you, you build it alongside with the market, have maybe a school that you're working with, you won't build whatever it is that you're building. So you know that, you know, you're getting all the inputs already um, up front. And then when you build, you don't wait for it to be the finest house, you know, go and start the marketing. Because in the end, I'll be honest, the marketing is the cocoa. Um, you can have a fantastic product, nobody knows about it, then you're just nothing nothing happens so there are some products that are not as good as yours but what makes them different is the fact that the people are aggressive with the market aggressive in all the marketing aggressive in pushing it being out there every day so that's really what i would tell people the marketing is so important you must have someone that is dedicated to doing the marketing, to, you know, doing the runs. And it's hard to combine when you have to come back again and develop the content or develop the game. But honestly, it's one of the most important things you can do as a business. <laughs> you need to, if you're not out there, you find out people whose products are not as good as yours, people whose products are not meeting the market, are just going way ahead of you. And the only reason they're able to do that is because they're out there every day, you know, out there putting their brand out there, putting their product out there. So market, 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 market. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, And the the last thing I'll say, you know, in terms of that is, you know, you need to be able to see the money because it's wonderful. Once you're not doing charity, once it's not a non-for-profit, you need to say, how do I see the money? And how do I quickly get the money in? So as you're designing, you need to ensure that the, you know, the, the steps to getting paid is short. You need to ensure that the process of getting paid is seamless. Uh, you know, when I first started, I thought, oh, you know, we'll do a lot of online payments, but people are not yet ready to do online payments. That's just you should. People will still prefer an option where they you have their your account and then you know pay to it. Thank God we now have the likes of Flutterwaves and then Paystack fully integrated. People are just not comfortable with you know using their card online. Um, now we even use airtime to get our products paid. 
So it's important that you, you know your route to the market, how you're going to get paid. Um, don't get carried away with a lot of free things because people that um, want free things might not necessarily be your customer. So you need to look for people that think your product is good enough for them to pay for it, especially if you're looking for paying customers. If you go chasing all the freebie people, you find that they're just mainly freebie people. But people that are ready to pay for your products are really your, your product. So it's important you keep an eye on the money. Uh, I can't say that more enough in terms of one, how to collect your money, how you're going to collect your money and to target the customers that are willing to that consider your product enough to pay for it. So that would be my three advice to people that are out there listening. I'm sure they will really appreciate this advice because I mean, I have friends that maybe not in the tech world, but their own businesses and as little as it is, they are going through a lot, just even doing business alone in Nigeria and all of that. So I'm sure this advice will be useful to anybody that listens to this podcast. Thank you so much, Mrs. Titi, for, I mean, thank you so much for taking time out to be on our podcast. Um, I'll let you know as soon as it's out. I'll send you the link for you to listen. Yeah. So you can share. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm real curious. How did you, how did you come across... <laughs> Um, so, I don't know if you know Mr. Wale Ogunjobi. Oh, okay, of Sabitich. Yes, so he sent me your your email to contact you and all of that. Oh, thank you to him. That's, that's, that's really nice of him. I mean, I'm so happy with the EdTech. It's the same thing with healthcare. You know, before before now, it's tough. Business is tough. But like I said, those three advices, and you're right, it, it cuts across whatever it is you're doing it's easier when you don't do the low so when you're discouraged when you're tired some days are just tired before you can't do go one step further but the other two people will most likely be able to carry you through um and it's always good don't plan to start big that's another thing you know when i say start with, you know some somebody some people want to start and already can rent an office i'll say start in your bedroom start it know that you already seen the customers that some of the money is coming in before you can rent a yeah and even when you start you can rent a small one room one room office before you can rent the one that has toilet and bathroom and kitchen and all those things so <laughs> it's important that i say it's important it's important you have a money person that keeps balancing your income with your expenses your income with your expenses keeping an eye on it you don't go to town i'm going to start doing you know when you see some supermarket you wonder ah, why, why isn't the supermarket doing branded nylons because every if someone is keeping an eye on the money every single dime you know can make a make a difference so you see that maybe you start with just plain nylons and as the business goes you can do branded you know branded nylons some people start only three things because that's where the real money is they add on other things um to increase their revenue source but if i have the 80 20 rule always applies it's only 20 percent of your business will bring in 80 percent of the money and you need to focus on that 20 percent in the beginning Thank you so much. Before I talk and talk and talk, I want to say thank you again. I mean, it was so thank much fun. Having... You're welcome. Thank, thank you, you so having... much for joining us. And there you have it, guys. Don't forget to share this podcast on your social media platforms. And don't forget to follow us on all our social media pages. And don't forget to visit our website, www.techconnect.africa. Till I see you next time. Bye, guys.